Are you a seeker of God's heart today? Uh, I tell you what, it's a privilege to be able to come together on a Sabbath morning and worship with God's people. (laughs) Um, It's a privilege to be able to come together on a 13th Sabbath and worship with young children and hear what they've been learning. Uh, It's a privilege to be able to come together on Communion Sabbath and to realize that all of this is made possible by an infinite price that was paid. I want to pray together and really truly be seekers of of God's heart. Uh, Let's bow our heads together. Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity that we have moment by moment just to open up our hearts to you in prayer. And especially now, during this sacred time on this holy day, God, we thank you so much that your ear is, is especially open, that you are especially inclined to the cries of our hearts today. And so, Lord, we give you permission today to truly commune with us. God, there's a promise, James chapter 4, and we're taking it to the bank today. We want to draw near to you, knowing that you will draw near to us. As we open up the Bible, we give you permission to speak to us, to instruct us, and to truly prepare us for for the things that we will do in concrete, the things that we will enact, the things that we will participate here in in just a few moments. So Lord, as we open up the Bible, please prepare our hearts. Transform us, we pray in Christ's saving name. Let the family say, amen, amen. Open up your Bibles with me, if you will. We're going to Matthew chapter 14. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 14, and I'm, uh, I'll give you a little preview. We're going to try to keep this short because really today's sermon is a sermon in action. Uh, behind me here, we've got uh, the table with the bread and the juice that symbolizes the body and blood of Jesus. In just a little bit, we're going to split up into different rooms um, so that we can participate in the very things that Jesus said that you and I would be blessed by if we did them. And that is the foot washing. And so, uh, in just a few moments, we'll go ahead and do that. And I, I just want to share some thoughts from Scripture that have hit me this week. We're going to Matthew chapter 14, and this is Mission in Motion Part 2, right? Last Sabbath, we started a series, Mission in Motion Part 1, Through the Roof. Today is Mission in Motion Part 2, Taking and Giving. Taking and Giving. And so, We're going to this story, Matthew chapter 14, and this is probably a very, very familiar story to a lot of us. In fact, I remember when I was growing up, this was one of my favorite childhood stories, and we'll start chapter 14, verse 13. If you're there, say amen. All right, here we go. Reading from the New King James, the Bible says, When Jesus heard it, he departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself. Question, we're just going to stop here quickly. When Jesus heard what? According to verse 13, what did Jesus hear? Or maybe we should look a little bit before verse 13. What had Jesus heard that inspired him to go find a solitary place? John's death. It wasn't his disciple John. It was John the Baptist, who, by the way, was his cousin. Okay. He had just heard that John was beheaded. John, this faithful servant of God, John, the forerunner of the very Messiah prophesied in Old Testament times, John was beheaded, and for Jesus, this hits personally because that's blood. That's his family, right? But more than that, Jesus realizes, if that's his destiny, I know my destiny is coming around the corner. 
And so he's seeking a solitary place, a deserted place to be by himself. But notice the rest of verse 13. But when the multitudes heard it, what did they do? They followed him on foot from the cities. Jesus was a people magnet. Right? Jesus just exuded this kind of love that people were drawn to. And in verse 14, when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude and he was moved with frustration about it all. No. Do you know that Jesus is never too busy to hear from you? Amen. Jesus is never too preoccupied to turn you away because he has better things to do. No. Jesus, in his time of grieving, in his time of deep thinking, he saw the multitude and he was moved with compassion. Actually, when you look in the Greek, uh, the, the word for compassion has to do with your kidneys. You're like, what? Compassion and kidneys, what does that have? Jesus was moved. The very insides of who he was were moved for these people. He was moved with compassion for them and healed the sick. But notice the contrast. Verse 15, when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a, des a deserted place. The hour is already late. Send the multitudes where? Away. Do you see the contrast? Jesus is like all about people and the disciples are getting tired of having people around. <laughs> Please just send them away. That they may go into the villages and buy themselves food. But... Jesus, verse 16, but Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. So in this story, what is Jesus' commission to the disciples? What is Jesus' command or call to the disciples? What? Feed them. Yeah. Get on your apron, dish it up, right? <laughs> You give them something to eat. In other words, Jesus was telling them, you have everything it takes to meet the needs of this large group of people. The disciples, obviously their natural train of thought is, you've got to be kidding, right? They're looking around, they're, they're running out of fingers and toes to count how many people there are. And it says in verse 17, they said to him, we have here only five loaves and two fish. Have you ever felt empty-handed when it comes to meeting people's needs? You see such a great need. You see so many people. You see such a dire situation, and you wish you could do something. But I only have you fill in the rest, right? So we, we know what it is to feel like the disciples. We only have this and this and this. By the way, young kids... Where did they find those five loaves and two fish? Who remembers? Yeah, we don't know his name, but a lot of us refer to him as Little Lad, right? In John chapter 6, that detail is given, that Andrew actually finds this young boy, a little lad, and brings him to Jesus. But here the disciples, apparently they've already searched high and low, and in verse 17 it says, We have here only five loaves and two fish. The turning point here, verse 18 and 19. He said, Bring them here to me. When Jesus steps into that picture, whatever picture of, of empty-handedness, of empty pockets, whatever picture of insufficiency or inadequacy you and I may feel, when Jesus steps into that picture, it's completely different. The story is rewritten, right? Bring them here to me. Verse 19, then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass. He took the five loaves and the two fish. Looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke 
and gave the loaves to the disciples. I slowed down for a reason. Let me just back up a sentence or two. It says, and he took the five loaves and the two fish. Looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave them to who? The disciples. The rest of the story says, gave the loaves to the disciples, and the disciples gave to the multitudes. So, Jesus commissioned to the disciples, you give them something to eat. Were the disciples able to fulfill that call, yes or no? Yes. And these actions of Jesus in verse 19, he took the loaves, he blessed the loaves, he broke the loaves, and gave the loaves. This is kind of a signature move of Jesus, and we'll get to that in just a little bit. But these are very significant things, and because of that, the disciples were able, not unable. The disciples were fully equipped, not ill-equipped. The disciples had sufficiency, not insufficiency. And in verse 20, it says, So they all ate. All. <laughs> so they all ate and were filled, and they took up twelve baskets full of the fragments that remained. Now those who had eaten were about how many? 5,000 men, besides women and children. 5,000 plus. <laughs> and the disciples were able to do it, not because they had much, but because in the hands of Jesus, our little becomes much. Powerful, powerful. So now, here's this picture of the mission in motion, okay? Here's the picture of the church on the move, the church actually doing what it's supposed to do, actually fulfilling its commission, and that picture is back and forth. Do you see it? Let's imagine uh, multitudes over here, Jesus over here, and where's the church, the followers of Jesus? They're going back and forth. They're in the middle. They're taking and they're giving. That's the picture of you and me. When we're faithfully fulfilling the call of God, it's a constant taking so we can constantly give. Now question, can I give if I have not first taken? No. Do you understand that, yes or no? I mean, this is very, 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 very elementary, but we need to get this straight. We cannot give what we have not first received. Okay? The other question is this, how much more can I receive from Jesus if I'm not giving? Eventually my hands will be full if I've got it all to myself, right? So there's this picture of the church in motion. It's constant taking, constant giving. It's back and forth. It's receiving so we can share. Now what does this have to do with communion? <laughs> What in the world does this have to do with the Lord's Supper, that Last Supper, etc.? The point, this isn't the only time that Jesus took bread, blessed bread, broke bread, and gave bread to the disciples. Do you know what the other time was? Matthew chapter 26, or you read it in Luke chapter 21, or Mark chapter 14. It's the Lord's Supper. Go with me, Matthew chapter 26. Quickly, just turn a few pages over. Matthew chapter 26. And this picture of the church on the move, this picture of our mission of taking and receiving in order to, to give and to share, this picture has, it, it, it's given a, a new focus here at the Lord's Supper. 
You're in Matthew chapter 26, and we'll start in verse 26. If you're there, say amen. amen. Okay. Matthew 26, verse 26. The Bible says, And as they were eating, Jesus, what? Took bread, blessed, and broke it, and gave it to the disciples. Signature move. Okay? Signature move. It's repeated all over again. That, that experience that they had with the multitudes, that experience that was a snapshot of their commission, of their true purpose and mission in life, that experience is now brought into focus again, but now with a new significance. And notice what's different from that previous experience. After he gives it to the disciples, he says, Take and eat. This is my body. I've often wondered on that day, you know, in Matthew chapter 14, I've often wondered, did the disciples get to eat that day? <laughs> Have you ever thought that? I mean, they're, 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 they've got the workout going on. I don't know how, you know, if we were to tally up the, the miles for the walkathon or whatever, <laughs> I don't know how many miles they actually walked that day trying to feed thousands and thousands of people. But here they are constantly taking and constantly giving and I wonder if bread ever entered their own mouths on their way to giving it to the multitudes. What we do know is that, remember, in Matthew chapter 14, there were leftovers. Do you remember how many basketfuls, baskets full? Twelve. Twelve baskets full of leftovers for each of the disciples. So if you feel like you're giving and giving and never getting back, don't worry, God's got your back, okay? He's got a whole basket full just waiting for you. So here, again, now we're fast-forwarding a few, a few years or so, Matthew chapter 26. The disciples see Jesus do this again. He takes bread, blesses bread, breaks it, and gives it to them. Now this time, they're not passing it off to somebody else. This time, Jesus tells them, you take and eat. This is my body. And this week as I was studying this, it really hit me. Especially with the context of what we're trying to do here in the next few months, or in the next weeks. Six days, okay? We're starting a prophecy seminar, and, and we're wanting to give bread to the multitudes. But friends, is it possible that the bread of heaven could pass through our hands but never enter our hearts? And Jesus at the Lord's table, in order to fully prepare the disciples for the mission that he has for them, he says, hold the phone. You take and eat. This is my body. The next verse, verse 27, then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them. Drink from it, all of you. So here's the point. The body and blood of Jesus, symbolized by this bread, symbolized by this juice. This is a representation of Jesus on Calvary and all the benefits wherewith we are able to obtain salvation. And Jesus says, don't let this stuff pass through your hands as if this has no significance for you, but it's for everybody else. You take, you eat, you drink from it, all of you. And so today, on this communion Sabbath, before we even 
put ourselves in a position to try to feed others the bread of life. The challenge this week is, will you take and eat yourself? I hope I'm not like speaking too metaphorically that we don't get the picture. Uh, The cross of Jesus, the gift of salvation, can easily become just a story that we all know about, that it passes through our hands but never enters our hearts, but I don't want that to happen here. Before Friday night, October 4, before we even open those doors, friends, I want to challenge you. Here's the challenge for this week. Last week, the challenge was, was to take these cards, personally invite somebody, right? This week, the challenge is this. Each day, this week, take the opportunity to personally reflect on Jesus upon the cross. Take and eat for yourself. Is that, is that clear, or is that still kind of like, uh, met, uh, yeah, using metaphor? Okay, okay, it's clear. Thanks, Linda. Okay. <laughs> All right, so here's, here's the challenge. This week, whatever it takes, maybe it's, um, maybe it's reading through Matthew chapter 27, which is, you know, the closing hours of Jesus' life. He's taken from Pilate to Herod to Pilate again. He's mocked by the crowds. Uh, he, he's beaten and he's put upon the cross. Maybe it's, maybe it's reading uh, Psalm chapter 22. You know, the, the prayers of Jesus, really, that were prophesied in the Psalms, but the prayers of Jesus as he was hanging upon the cross. Or, or whatever it would be. Maybe it's singing just a hymn every day, Jesus paid it all. Or there is a fountain filled with blood. Uh, whatever it would be to give you that time to stop, to reflect, and say, Jesus, that sacrifice is for me. Let me personally receive that. And watch, watch how naturally it will be for you, once you've received, to give. Okay? So each day this week, I know we've got flyers to put out. And by the way, there's an extra stack of these uh, out there on the hostess desk. So when you're walking through the lobby on your way out later today, uh, if you have more friends and family that you want to invite, take one, take one, take three, take five, however many you need, okay? But this week's take-home challenge is for you. Take and eat. Yes, we'll do it today. Praise the Lord. We will do it today. But each day, take that thoughtful hour, that thoughtful half hour, that thoughtful five minutes, whatever it takes to reflect on Jesus on the cross. How many of you are willing to take that challenge this week? Amen. Amen. That's an invitation. That's an invitation. Praise the Lord. In just a few moments, we're going to split um, to, to go and participate in the foot washing. There's a room for men if you would like to partner up with another man uh, that's just across this breezeway here. Um, in the kindergarten room, I believe, there are chairs set up. And I believe there are adult-sized chairs, so you won't have to worry about sitting in the kids' chairs. Anyways, uh, so in the kindergarten room is for men if you would like to partner up with a man. Um, women, if you'd like to partner up with your sisters, in Bellman Hall, we've got chairs set up. Now, if you would like to experience this, by the way, foot washing is about coming closer together. Do you, do you recognize that? When Jesus, um, when Jesus really modeled this for us, he was trying to repair relationships between his disciples. And he realized, hey, before you even try to represent me to the world, please come together, okay? And so, This is an opportunity for you to strengthen your relationships with a brother. This is an opportunity for you, ladies, to strengthen your relationships with your sisters. Um, Maybe 
husband and wife, you would like to strengthen your relationship with, with each other, maybe father, mother, uh, with their children. And so families and couples, just off to my left here, you're right here in the committee room. All right. So we're going to bow our heads together. We'll split into our different rooms, prayerfully consider who you can partner up with. When we come back into this room, we'll sit every other row for ease in serving the emblems, okay? Let's pray. Gracious Father in heaven, I thank you so much that you are the Father who has made everything available to us for life and godliness. And that in Jesus, we have a sufficient Savior. God, only you know the depths of our hearts. Only you know the depths of our need for cleansing today. And so, Lord, we pray that as we go about these actions, that they wouldn't be meaningless, but meaningful. Full of meaning, full of power. God, I pray that you would clothe our hearts with such humility. As Joe was talking about earlier, the disciples in the upper room, Lord Jesus, please bring our hearts to such um, such repentance and true confession that we would lay aside anything that stands between us and you by the blood of Jesus. Lord, and if there are things that stand between us and a brother, us and a sister, Lord, I pray that this would be an opportunity for you to do a miracle in those relationships too. Thank you, God. You've given us this, this exercise. We pray that you would lead us by your Spirit in Jesus' name, let the family say, amen, amen. Okay, now is the time. Prayerfully consider who you'll partner up with, and we'll see you back here in just a few moments. God bless.